Hey everybody, co-host Doug here, fulfilling my assistant principal duties with your morning announcements. Matt and I have loved receiving messages via the Nomad Athlete Radio hotline over the past few weeks and know that you have some burning questions that you'd like to call in. If you have a question, just call 951-NO-MEET-1. That's 951-666-3281 and leave us a message with your questions. We'll choose a question or two to answer each week. Also, the Nomad Athlete Running Groups are holding a t-shirt design contest. Enter your design for a chance to win $200, free shirts for your city's running group, and have a ton of Nomad athletes running around their cities sporting your shirt. Just visit nomadathlete.com slash shirt dash design for more details. And as always, thanks for all the support in the iTunes store. Today's shoutouts go out to C. Munchkin, Scootage81, Chris Must Speak, and Da Goo Doctor. If you want to support the show and get a shout-out here, just head on over to the iTunes store, search for No Meat Athlete Radio, and leave us a rating. It's a big help. All right, it's time for the show. Ready, Matt? I've been waiting for this moment all week, Doug. One, two, three... Hi, this is Hope. This is Chris. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Me Radio. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 54 of No Meat Athlete Radio. I'm Matt Frazier with Doug Hay, and we've got a fun and I hope informative episode lined up for today. Doug, how are you feeling about today's topic? Oh, I think this is going to be a fun one because it's right around lunchtime and we're going to be talking about food and I'm going to be, it's going to be good. That's true. And the caterer should be here in a little while with our lunch that I always have made for us every single time we do this. <laughs> right. The big right. expensive all-you-can-eat buffet that comes in and sets up. No, you told somebody on Twitter that you were going to start making me lunch, I think. I think they said that. I think maybe they and you decided that. I don't know. I don't think I was really. I kind of watched that conversation. I chimed in, but I didn't say anything like that. Uh. Anyway, what we're talking about today is the foods that we eat pretty much every single day. And and we're not going to talk about the beer and the coffee so much. Uh, Not that those are necessarily everyday foods, but we're talking about the ones that we are deliberately choosing to eat every single day because we have deemed them uh, worthy of that because of the, the health benefits they have. Right. So... I did write a post about this topic a while ago. It was called 10 Foods Worth Eating Every Single Day. It's another one of those ones that was really popular and that, that Huffington Post put up for a little while, which is cool, of course. Uh, so, you know, we're going to talk about that topic. A lot of my foods have changed since then, so we're not going to go through that post necessarily. But we're just going to talk about the foods that we, you know, have that I make a conscious effort to, and I think you do the same, Doug, that make a conscious effort to get into our diets mostly every single day. While it might not be every single day, uh, as much as possible, it is. And we'll talk a little bit about the ways that we get those into our diets because what what we don't want here is the, you know, in radio and other kind of things like that, there's always the, the list. The lists are popular. They talk about it so that they can discuss it. And different companies and PR people put out lists just so they get discussed. But the thing with those lists, I mean, they're fun and interesting, but I think they just get forgotten. And and we we think like, yes, this food is is one I definitely should start eating more of, but then you forget it a couple minutes later. It's just not something that actually implemented into your routine. So hopefully we can make this a little bit different type of list and uh, talk more about how you can actually incorporate this stuff. So on that note, um, I think the framework that I've gotten a lot of the, the foods from, and it's not, I've mentioned him before, but Dr. Joel Furman is someone who I'm a big fan of. I've read several of his books and among other books that I've read, I mean, I've just kind of 
gathered different viewpoints from the whole, you know from the fruitarian thing, from the Dr. Furman stuff, um, from Brendan Brazier. I mean, all these different influences. I've kind of decided that these certain foods are the ones worth eating every day. But my favorite and most memorable of those, uh, in this case, it's in it's I don't know if it's an acronym. It's, it's G bombs, Dr. Furman's thing, which is G B O M B S, and it stands for greens, berries, onions, mushrooms, beans, seeds. I may have mixed up berries and beans there. I don't know which one is which bee, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, so those are Dr. Furman's foods that you should get all, you know, get as much as you can of. So you'll see that my list has a bunch of those in it, but there's also got some other stuff, and uh, I think that's what will make this episode interesting. So what was the O? Onions. Onions. Yeah. Greens, berries, onions, mushrooms, beans. Beans, seeds. Seeds. Yep. I like that. Yeah, and I think it's actually greens. <laughs> did we do berries first or beans first? I think we did berries first. It's beans first because it, it rhymes. Greens, beans, onions. Yeah, ah. mushrooms, berries, seeds. So it's a little bit. But is I mean, there? Is do you know if there's any importance to that? No order. I think there's okay. no importance to that order at all. It's just that it's easy to remember. So cool. anyway, um, and I think seeds in there, and I'll talk about this a little bit. Includes nuts because Dr. Furman is actually who pointed me in the direction of all the research that shows nuts as one of the most linked foods to longevity hmm. and health so that's something that i think a lot of people don't know and they a lot of people avoid avoid nuts because they're high in calories and we've all learned that calories are bad so people avoid nuts i think a lot of the benefits still go away when you cook those nuts so as much as possible i try to incorporate raw nuts into my diet and that's not been an easy thing to do because i am definitely uh one who has a salty palate and i like salted roasted nuts like it just you know sure. having nuts without salt and that's another thing i've gotten from dr Furman is that there's a lot of talk these days, especially it seems to me among the paleo people, maybe just because my dad does some paleo and he's kind of been arguing for the importance of salt. But I, I think a lot of people these days are, it used to be salt was bad. Salt raises blood pressure, salt does all this stuff. Then the pendulum has started to swing back a little bit in in this, I don't know, mass market I feel like a lot of people are saying, you know, salt actually it really isn't that bad. It has all these good things. If you get one that's not processed, then it's way better. It turns out, though, and I think Dr. Furman would agree on this, that even when a salt is not very processed, it has it still has some huge percentage of its makeup of sodium. So it's like might be instead of 100% of this whatever lab-created sodium, it might be 98% of it is sodium, and it's found in nature. So yes, you're getting way more of these other minerals because it goes from zero to two percent of those things. Right. But the sodium actually isn't reduced that much, and it turns out that there are some links of sodium to problems long term. And we don't. Everyone when they're younger says, "Oh, I can do this because I don't have blood pressure issues or anything." But then that's what becomes blood pressure problems is when you have too much of this salt. So I don't know. I think a lot of people are just like, "Well, I make all my own food, so I don't have to worry about salt." But I've I've come to believe that it is more an issue than than. Most people think. But what and do I put on my french fries? I know. Exactly. Thanks. That's that's. I mean, and I, feel, I say what do I put on my salad because I love salt on everything. On your salad? Wow. I put it on salad with, it used to be oil and vinegar and salt, and that was delicious. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I love salt. So this, is, this has come as bad news to me. I don't like this, but I've been trying. And uh, that's actually what has kept me from really doing any of his stuff, like the Eat to Live program, which mm-hmm. has helped a ton of people lose weight and do good things, I think, is the lack of salt on there. It's just, to me, without salt, things don't taste like anything. So, right. Which doesn't say much for my palate. It probably means that I have a very unrefined palate that I need 
to salt everything up. But anyway, what uh, if someone wanted to get started with a with a Foreman book? What Furman book? Um, what would you recommend starting with? Italy? I would recommend first that you go buy his grill, the the George Furman <laughs> grill. Uh, <it's, laughs> I have nothing else to add there. Um, yeah, I would I would actually not recommend Eat to Live first. I would recommend Super Immunity. I think it's easier uh, to read, more approachable. Doesn't really have a program with it that says do this and this and this exact things, but it just gives you a good framework of what his view is, mm-hmm. and I like that better. When I got to Eat to Live. A lot of it felt like, wow, this is really extreme. Because it's like, don't drink alcohol, don't drink caffeine, don't add salt to your food. And a lot of people have had success with it, which is great. But I, it kind of goes against a lot of the habit change stuff that I believe in. Like, right. I don't, I don't think the best way to get someone to change is to tell them that they need to restrict all of these things. All the good things. Otherwise, they're not doing it right. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I realize that he's a doctor and he needs to say what he has decided is the best thing you can do. Right. But. I don't. I don't know. If that's the best way to. And how how long did you do the eat to live? I did it for like a month or something. Okay. Just like the fruitarian thing, my problem with that was that I just couldn't get enough calories for me. Yeah. I just was right. losing too much weight. So I've I've incorporated a lot of those concepts, but don't eat that way. So, and, and I mean, I don't, I'm not. I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm not disciplined enough, or or whatever the word is, to to not have the cup of coffee every day or the beer at the end of the day. You know, I still do that stuff, and I think in small amounts it's not a bad thing. But I wouldn't mind if I was able to not have those. It'd be nice. But, you know, I like them. So anyway, uh, that's sort of a lengthy introduction that probably got off topic a little bit. But let's get into some of these foods and, and mainly how we eat them. So the way the place for me to start is with the smoothie. And I'm not going to say that the smoothie is one of my foods to get every single day because you could you can make a smoothie out of anything. <laughs> but the smoothie is how I end up getting, like, five of the 15 things that I probably do eat, maybe even more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you just look at that G-bombs list, I get the greens in there, or some of them, because spinach. Right. Berries are easy to get in there. Mm-hmm. I don't put onions or mushrooms in the smoothie most days. <laughs> um, but the seeds and beans, not really. You can actually do smoothies with beans in them. I've heard of that done before, like by vegan weightlifting types who want to get big protein things. They'll put beans. I think white beans don't have a lot of flavor, they say. Okay. They'll put those in the smoothie, but I don't do that. Yeah, uh, but nuts and seeds definitely load up with those, and I also put uh, a DHA EPA supplement, which is two types of omega fat, omega three fatty acids. I've kind of come to believe that that's important for vegans. Those are the omega threes that are difficult for your body to get, and it turns out your body can convert some ALA, which is another type of omega three that's common in some vegan foods like walnuts, mm-hmm. can convert some of those into DHA and EPA, but only a limited amount. So it's kind of left with this hole that I think needs to be filled, and just this little two drops of this supplement is really easy to, to put in there. Do you know the the brand of that supplement? It's Dr. Furman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, so this is beginning to sound like an ad for his stuff, which I assure <laughs> you it is not. Uh, but anyway, that's so that's one of the big functions of the smoothie. So let's, I mean, specifically, I just try to mix up the berries. I don't have any certain types. Do you have berries as one of your things that you get? As much as possible or not yeah yep um like, similar to you i do the smoothie which is where i get uh, berries and pumpkin seeds are on my list mm-hmm. and then of course greens as well um i always do either banana or avocado and then for berries i guess it's uh usually strawberries just because that's our mango right 
the, the mango berry is a delicious berry. <laughs> it looks no, you're right. Okay, <laughs> it's frozen, right? It's that frozen, right? Okay. Frozen fruit. That's where right. I was. Never my head right. was strawberries, I guess, because I hardly ever do blueberries because I don't like the way it congeals. Do you have? That oh, really? Issue? Yeah. I know what you mean by that. Mm-hmm. I drink mine really quick when I get it, so I, I kind of avoid that issue. I think. Yeah, but we yeah, I try to mix that up. It's it's easy for us to fall into a sort of rut where it is always strawberries because they're cheap among berries, first right. of all, and. Berries are one of those things where it seems to be pretty important a lot of times to get them organic because they're so often on the dirty dozen list. Sure. It just seems that berries in general uh, have, have a lot of pesticides and things used in the in their growth. Um, I don't really know why that is, but wild blueberries and things like that, they're more expensive to get the wild or the organic. So we try to mix it up and do raspberries, do blueberries, whatever we can. If it's A lot of times there's certain ones on sale and we'll just get that one. But we do make an effort to mix it up or include a variety just you can get the variety back of berries. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're they're super important. I think berries are fantastic, and I think that's one of the big pluses of the smoothie because it's hard. Otherwise, if you're not eating them in your smoothie, it's not that easy to get berries throughout your day. It just You have to really go out of your way. At least I do. Go out of your way to do it. Right. And if you're buying berries in the little fresh packs, they're way more expensive than they are frozen. So it just doesn't seem to be that practical to eat berries throughout the day, unless you've got a berry patch or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess some people probably throw them on salads and stuff yeah but, um, you could do that yeah no i'm the same way the only time basically the only time i eat berries is is in a smoothie right okay so berries one of the big reasons for a smoothie is getting berries you mentioned seeds pumpkin seeds and yeah. we have this trio of seeds plus walnuts that we add to our smoothie every single day hmm. and that is flaxseed chia seed and pumpkin seed so those are others that are on my everyday list uh, I, I've chosen those because they seem to have some good benefits that, that not all seeds, I and mean, we don't put sunflower seeds in there. So, I mean, I, we've chosen these for some reason. I don't know exactly what that is. It just kind of <laughs> evolved over the years. Uh, chia seeds have, have gotten popular, of course, as a superfood, but they do have some a decent amount of protein content. I don't know the exact percentage, but a high percentage of the seeds is protein. Uh, they also have the omega-3s, which is good, as do the flax seeds. And the pumpkin seeds, of course, are a really good iron supplement. Mm-hmm. So get these. These seeds, again, are they're they're good in the smoothie because the smoothie grinds them up. So you can eat these seeds when they're whole, and some of them your body will digest and process well. But seeds are designed by nature not you know, to survive a digestive system of an organism. Right? They, they, they <laughs> right. pass through. That's kind of the point of the seed is how it travels yeah. and moves and spreads the plant. So grinding them up does help. I mean, you can chew them up, of course, as well. But it seems that putting them in a smoothie is a good way to get them. We do, um, uh, we do the flax powder. Mm-hmm. You know the grinded flax. Uh, do do you know if that's in, that's less good good for you than uh, the I full mean, seed? I think it's I think it's just that it will go bad sooner. Okay. And and flaxseed I think does get particularly rancid fairly soon. You want to store it in your refrigerator, of course. But yeah, uh, I think if you can if you can do it with whole seeds, it's probably better. And the nice thing about a Blendtec blender and you have a Vitamix probably does the same thing mm-hmm. is that you can actually put that in the smoothie with everything else. And it seems to get ground up in there, right. which is always amazing to me. I would think that, that once the berries and things are ground up, that any seeds that are in there would, would no longer get ground up, but they do. Yeah. You don't even need to do it in two stages or anything. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know why we started doing the powder, but we did. So we do pumpkin seeds, whole pumpkin seeds, and then the flax powder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, those are the seeds. I mean, they're great. Raw is good if you can get them raw. It's just much, much more nutrition that way. Mm-hmm. And let's see. I was going to add something about pumpkin seeds. Did we say the pumpkin seeds are high in iron? Yeah. We didn't. No, but okay. that that's a huge benefit. It's yeah. not only protein, but of course they have all the iron too. 
Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's worried about protein, and I think there are other things to think about with a diet that are probably more often issues than protein. And I think iron is one of those things. So trying to get iron where you can, just little bits here and there, I think is helpful. And that's why that's why pumpkin seeds are great. So uh, that's our seeds. As I mentioned, we put the walnuts in there for mainly for the omega-3s. I think they're great for that. They add a little bit of a bitter flavor to the smoothie, but it's it's nothing that I can't get past. Um, and then Brazil nuts. I like to eat Brazil nuts. Hmm. I, I treat them more of more as a supplement than other things. I, I don't really snack on Brazil nuts because they're high in some sort of radioactive substance, <laughs> <laughs> which is not usually common among foods that are on a list of, of foods you should be trying to get every single day. <laughs> uh, so I will put that warning out there that it's, I mean, it's worth checking out Brazil nuts to think, I don't know. They're, they're good because I'm not totally clear on this now, but I think they're high in selenium. Okay. And I think that has to do with testosterone production somehow. So um, there's there's an interesting test you can do that if you're if you're a man and wondering if your testosterone levels are, you can you can look at the condition of your of your junk basically when you wake up in the morning. And uh, and <laughs> okay, so there's something called morning wood, ladies and gentlemen. That you may know. <laughs> but apparently, that's a really strong indicator of testosterone levels. And I say apparently because. I haven't really researched this a lot, but I did read it uh-huh. in a few places, and I okay. and I thought, hey, that's a useful indicator. You can just look at that. So anyway. If you uh, have it or if you don't, is that what you're yeah, looking at? Yeah, okay. exactly. All right. Interesting. So anyway, um, yeah, so Brazil nuts are something that keeps that up. I'm not saying that they, that you should, that they should be used to treat any sort of uh, ED problems or anything like that. <laughs> that's not the point here. But I'm saying there there's something that... I don't know. I you know I want to have good testosterone levels. Yeah, so, absolutely. You so, know, and this this might sound um, naive or something, but I, I don't know if I've ever even had Brazil nuts. I don't even know what they look like. <laughs> okay, I thought you were going to go in the morning wood there, and, and no. okay, you need to talk to someone else about this. <laughs> um, you don't know what they look like. Okay, they look like uh, I don't know, like elongated nuts. Are they common? I mean, are they in yeah. like in mixed nut packs? Yeah, and stuff? Uh, they're not always in mixed nut packs. No. But if you go to any any grocery store, like the bulk section, or yeah, I don't know. They're, I mean, they're in in the bulk section or in little plastic containers. Huh. They're they taste really oily and fatty, and I suspect they're higher in saturated fat because of the way they taste. Yeah, I don't. I don't. That's funny. I don't really know anything about Brazil nuts at all. Well, I will serve you a Brazil nut after this podcast is over because I have some upstairs. Excellent. So anyway, I take two or three of those in the morning. See, I say take them. <laughs> That really, that's what I treat them as like, the, the, I take them with my multivitamin. Testosterone pill? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, oh, so man. I eat them then. I think more than four seems to be excessive because of that radioactivity thing. What I saw though is that they thought that they are totally safe as long as you don't have tons of them. So I, I eat between two and four a day. But anyway, you can decide for yourself if you want to be eating Brazil nuts. I would say that they are the... If there's a controversial food on here, then those would be it. Everything else here is not very controversial, I don't think. So that's nuts and seeds. I mean, I think, and I think all nuts are are great. I didn't really include them in my list, but as much as possible, I do try to snack on raw nuts. Put them in smoothies is fine. You can get them by if you make a lot of cashew cream type sauce things, raw almonds, raw almond butter. Very easy to get and work into your diet. Uh, but nuts, nuts are good. Don't overlook them. I think it's, there's something that's easy. It's easy if you just you cook from recipes. You eat your leftovers for lunch. You snack on fruit. 
and you know eat a smoothie for breakfast it's very easy not to get any nuts in your diet and there's something that is really important so i would encourage you to do that even if it's just a handful a day if you're concerned about calories and weight uh, i really think nuts are great peanuts i'm not counting as nuts because they are legumes and i don't know if they have the same properties if you are eating peanuts you can't eat them raw by the way they have some sort of toxin or something that must be cooked out of them so that's nuts what's next doug what do you got I got an obvious one. This is probably the only one on my list that I actually legitimately do eat every single day, and that that would just be leafy greens. My favorites are spinach and, and kale, um, but we we eat greens in everything. So from the smoothie, and then and for breakfast, and then you know oftentimes a salad for lunch, and we'll throw we'll cook. I know the leafy greens are better for you when they're raw, but almost every dinner, if we don't have a salad, we'll throw in greens to pasta. Or last night we had stir fry and threw spinach in there so just about any meal that we cook you know pizza homemade pizza just about anything we will throw greens Mm -hmm. in there i think that's good i think i think if you had to look at an average diet the standard american diet and say what one food if you just could add a lot of this food to the diet and keep everything else as it is Mm -hmm. what would do the best I, i think there's probably a good argument to be made for leafy greens as that food just because of the nutrient density Right. For calories. They're not adding a lot of calories, but they are adding a ton of nutrients. Um, so I think that's a great one. You're right. It's obvious, but but it should be said because it, it definitely is one. And it's obvious for a reason because it, it is such a good food to include every day. Um, putting in the smoothie is a great way to do it. Yep. We, I've mentioned before that we freeze any kind of greens we have as they start to go bad. Not, not bad, but like once they're to the point where they're not that appealing to eat anymore, fresh, put them in the freezer storage doesn't really matter to me because we eat them very quickly like nothing sits for longer than a week when we move to the freezer because we put it every day in the smoothie so i don't care that much about storage it's not like a long-term freezer burden thing that's happening and what else salad of course which i can get to later as we get actually this is a good time as any the way that i make sure to get leafy greens every day and i'm not i, I say this a lot and recommend this a lot but in honestly i'm not 100 percent with this habit but we do it an increasing amount and i would say Four to five days out of the week, we have the giant salad. And usually these days I eat it as I'm cooking dinner, which I mentioned here before, that it's just yep. that seems to be a nice time to do it because you're hungry and you want food because you're smelling food and, and it's dinner time. But the hot food isn't available as an alternative yet. Because mm-hmm. once that's there, I find I don't eat the salad. I'll just like I, I'll mix up bites of the salad and then alternate with the with the hot food and eventually I'll shift to the hot food before the salad is done. Yeah. So before dinner is a really great time to do it. While the dinner is cooking but not yet ready, you can eat a giant salad then. And in fact, the I would say just keep eating that salad. Like if you fill up on it, or if, if you're not full, just keep eating the salad until the dinner's ready. That would not be a bad practice to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the way that I get dark leafy greens a lot. Um, and I think we should actually mention also that that there there is a class of vegetables that are called cruciferous vegetables, and they are particularly strong anti-cancer vegetables and i don't know all the list off the top of my head but broccoli cauliflower kale arugula i think watercress uh cabbage so these are i don't know they're they're generally tougher crunchier vegetables and greens um so some some dark leafy dark leafy greens are those and i think i missed collard greens but that's one also mm. uh you want to be getting the cruciferous vegetables so like don't just eat romaine lettuce as much as I don't think romaine lettuce is bad, I think I think iceberg lettuce. I mean, I think these things are fine. People kind of like to dump on iceberg lettuce and make fun of it, like it's a terrible 
thing because it's mostly water. I don't know. Yeah. But I don't, I mean, I, I like well, that. It's definitely stuff. not as nutrient dense as something like. Right. No, it's really not. Yeah. But, but I think just mixing stuff up is good, but don't only eat iceberg and romaine. Like make sure you're mixing mm-hmm. stuff up. And a big reason for that is to make sure that some of your greens are these cruciferous vegetables because they're just a good thing. Ferman, I think, recommends two servings per day of cruciferous vegetables, which is not easy to get unless you deliberately include one in your salad every single day and then have you know broccoli or kale or something else in another meal throughout the day. So I do have to actually think about that and make sure that I get it. Cabbage is a really good one. Just top a salad with shredded cabbage, right. and that's kind of a seems like a free serving of it for me. So cruciferous vegetables, don't overlook those. They're important. Um, and then you mentioned avocado before, right? Yeah, I mentioned that as a, a base for my smoothie, but it's also something uh, that I'll have a lot for up, put it on top of different things or have an avocado sandwich for a snack. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do, I love eating avocado, good fat, good calorie source. Um, yeah, I think that's that's a reason to get it is the fat because with... On a plant-based diet, I think one of the things a lot of times that is lacking is a decent source of fat. Uh, there are a lot of people... I mean, I know some people in the plant-based community are really against fat, and they try to avoid it wherever possible. And uh, it's a much, much longer discussion of whether that's a, a good approach. But like, you know, the, the T. Colin Campbell school, uh, Engine 2, they're, you know, they're very, very low in fat. They don't They don't like oil, and they don't like even the fattier whole foods like avocado, I think. Right. Uh, the fruitarians also, they're not into having avocado. Like they, they like it. People do it, but they say if you're eating more than, I don't know, between half and one a day, you're, you're starting to get too much fat. Cause fruitarian, of course, 80, 10, 10, if you eat one avocado, you're, you're probably close to 10% of your calories. Yeah, coming from fat. Right. But, uh, I think it's great. And I think, I think in general, especially for athletes, people who are listening to this, not enough Good fat is probably more of a problem than than too much. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about a vegan diet, so I like it for that. Tim Ferriss, uh, who wrote the Four Hour Body, uh, which is a really interesting book if you're into this nutrition and fitness topics, uh, has in there a list of foods that I think it's in the in like the appendix to the book. One of the chapters that didn't quite make it into the main text for some reason. It's a really good chapter. Uh, is about vegetarian and vegan diets, and Scott Jurek is part of it. They look at his diet. There's some other doctor in there who does a trial or something, but somehow Tim arrives at the, the idea that he thinks all vegetarians should eat an avocado a day, uh, among all these other things. And then Matt Rusigno actually helped me out with a blog post on No Meat Athlete, which we should find and put in the show notes here. We made a big infographic for it as well, or kind of related to it, of just like the foods that, the nutrients in a in a vegetarian or vegan diet that are potentially lacking and the ways that you can make sure that you're getting those things. So we did that. It was inspired by Tim Ferriss's stuff in the Four Hour Body, some of which Matt Rusigno did not agree with, but I, I think we we pointed those sorts of things out in the post. But that's a really long and good informative post that doesn't really see the light of day that much. We don't, for some reason, I just don't find that many opportunities to link to it or mention it. But that's a good one. Yeah, definitely. So uh, that's avocado. That's another one that was on my list as well. And of course, the salad is the time I do that. I have not really ever gotten into the avocado smoothie. I've tried it a few times. Uh, you know how you mentioned the blueberries, how they congeal? Mm-hmm. I had a textural issue with the avocado smoothie. Hmm. I don't know what, what it was about it, but it just was somehow became too creamy or something Yeah, in a way that banana doesn't do that to me. Right. If uh, I find that if I add some a little ice, I hardly ever add ice because mm-hmm. I usually add some frozen berries. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I add ice to the avocado smoothie, then that helps because part of, for some reason, it, it thickens up and, and warms up a little bit differently hmm. than... Wow. 
yeah so interesting so like try that. that but you know well, maybe you just don't like it you know I, don't... I mean i like avocado a lot i love avocado in fact but i don't know just never really got into it in the smoothie yeah you know at the fruit festival we saw in the dining hall there was a poster of avocados like of the different varieties i don't know if species is the right word but different varieties of avocado on the big island of hawaii mm. and it like filled a whole poster with like 50 or 60 varieties of avocado wow which made me just want to go to hawaii i mean just like <laughs> that that they have this thing that i know of i know of haas and i know of the other one right. that the doesn't have a dark or the green yeah. one the like really bright green one yeah yeah which i don't know the name of that one i don't either and i think haas can be that color but there is one that is greener yeah. and bigger maybe hmm. i don't know but anyway I thought there were two kinds of avocados. Apparently, there's 50 all on one big island of Hawaii. So I think it's the I think, and they had also the same thing was like berries and super fruits and all these other things that are in Hawaii. So do you know if if Mike Arnstein eats avocados, the fruitarian? I think he's fine with that because I don't. Well, I don't know. I'm speculating here. I know I know he was inspired by 801010, the book, to become fruitarian. That was like his first introduction to it. Mm-hmm. I I kind of got the feeling that he is less somehow less extreme and less strict than that like he's he has said on podcasts that he himself doesn't eat raw 100 percent of the time right there are times when he eats cooked food um my guess is that he would be really into avocados i don't really know okay but uh you know i don't know because i've also heard him talk about fat as not not a good thing so maybe he feels strongly about that i don't know but i bet he does (laughs) (laughs) i don't know speaking of that there is a fruit festival happening in hawaii i think this is the first time they've done it oh yeah cool. and it's like i think it's this spring so it's fairly soon i don't have the details on it but if you would if you would google fruit festival or woodstock fruit festival hawaii you'll find something about it will they be returning to woodstock this year yeah i think that's gonna keep going on i think that's turning into a one-week event instead of two they tried to make it two this year right and i kind of wish they could have kept it at two there were there were some issues with it but i think I don't know. I thought it was really nice that we could go for one week and that there was still a whole other week if we had wanted that because it would be an awesome, like, I don't know, immersion into that lifestyle to spend two weeks there. Because when we walked out after one week or after four days, it was rainy and we went off campus one day just to go to, I forget where we went, Target or something we had to do. But after four days of eating that way, like when you were suddenly back into this real world and you just saw cooked food everywhere and processed food on the shelves at Target... It was just like, who possibly eats this junk? Like, this is terrible food. <laughs> and that was after four days of being there. So if you were there for two weeks, I think you could you could change your entire outlook on food. So anyway, they've gotten rid of that. But going for one week would do would do similar. So anyway, add for the for the fruitarian uh, or the fruit festival in Hawaii. And speaking of Mike, which is completely off topic, <laughs> um, I saw that he won the Hurt One Hundred oh, really? last weekend. So he, I guess he is back. He came wow. out of retirement to, yeah. to race another hundred miler and won. That's a that's a big hunter, right? Yeah, it's I mean, a I big one. Yeah. Wow, yeah. good for him. That's amazing because at the fruit festival, I think he was sort of saying that he wasn't really in any kind of shape. Yeah, to be doing that sort of thing. He was talking about a comeback of some kind, but wow, so he got there quickly. Yeah, good for him. So there you go, proof that fruitarian can work. <laughs> uh, okay, so back to our thing. I've I've mentioned pretty much everything that was in that original post. I think not really not really intentionally, but. Um, broccoli is one that I was eating back then every day. I was freezing it and putting it in smoothies. Mm-hmm. And I have since learned that I don't like that. I, it, <laughs> it ruins smoothies for me. So we just, I don't know. I, we put too much in once and then I started tasting it. And then I could taste it all the time. And like suddenly my, my sensors for it went high. We used to chop up broccoli stems after we would cook it. 
and freeze those and put those in the smoothie. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just not worth it. They they taste strongly and and they don't taste good. And I think the stems are much less nutrient rich than the florets or whatever they are called. Right. So we don't do that practice anymore. Interesting. But anyway, broccoli, of course, good cruciferous vegetable. So eat it, just not in your smoothie. All right. So the other stuff I've got um, is is much less formal, I think, in the way that I try to get it. It's foods that I pay attention to and that we eat many times per week, probably five or six, a lot of these, but not. I don't have any system for doing it. So I can just quickly say what these are. Uh, these are beans that, that are in the G-bombs. They were one of those Bs, depending on which one you which one you like. Um, fruits, of course, that's my kind of everyday snack, along with raw trail mix, which, of course, is my way of getting the raw nuts that I didn't really mention how I get those raw nuts, but that's one way is trail mix. Uh, onions and garlic, I think, are great. Onions are in that G-bombs list. Garlic is not, but I've seen plenty of research and different things that, that talk about the benefits of garlic now and then. So all these things, the beans, the fruits, the onions, the garlic, they just, they pop up in dinners. And what I will do is when they are called for in a recipe, like so many recipes start with onion and you can either water saute it or you can saute it in a little bit of oil, but I almost always use more onion than, than is called for in a recipe. And a really good thing to know is that the nutrient, I think the phytonutrient levels, maybe antioxidants too, but phytonutrients in general are much, much higher in yellow onions than in sweet onions which a lot of people I think don't realize and buy sweet onions because they see it and says, ooh, that seems good, a sweet onion, I'm going to get that. But just the classic yellow onion is like, it's like eight or ten times as much wow. of those nutrients. Yeah, so just get those. How about red onions? I think red onions are good, but I don't know. Okay, that's, what, that's sure. what I like. They're not sweet onions, so I think they're no. fine. Okay. I think the problem is sweet onions. Sweet onions should not be produced anymore. We, we should start just some sort of movement that just gets rid against of them. sweet yeah. onions. Yeah. Let's do it. Starting now. Hashtag no more sweet onions. No more sweet onions, yeah. Yeah, I think the paleos are who did it, too. I think they started the sweet onion thing. Ugh. Actually, (laughs) I don't really think that at all. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so that's that's that. Um, Beans, there's not much to say about beans. I mean, we we eat them often from cans because it's convenient. But as much as possible, we do try to make them ourselves. My wife makes them in a crock pot. Is that what it is? Yeah, a crock pot, which is the same as a slow cooker, right? Yep. Yeah. Not a pressure cooker, but right. those. So there's some kind of, I don't know, a method for starting them in the morning in there, and they come out done at the end of the day. Starting hard? The beans. Yeah, the you know beans you buy in bulk. Dry? Dry, okay. Yeah. And yeah. they, I don't know if the nutrition is, has been shown to be better in those than in canned. I do know there's a lot of stuff with cans and aluminum and... Salt. And, yeah, all that mm-hmm. stuff. I we've, we've finally gotten in the habit of soaking our beans regularly the night before mm-hmm. um and i think it just tastes so much better they taste cleaner better. and they just i don't know it, it was kind of something that we did if we were planning ahead before and now we've finally gotten the just habit of, all the time. of doing it all the time and it, it tastes so much better than it does i like that mm-hmm. it just feels better when you're making that sort of it feels a lot cleaner there's none of that gloppy stuff at the bottom of the can right yeah so there you go beans make them from scratch is the take-home message of this podcast <laughs> And don't eat sweet onions. And don't eat sweet onions, yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, that's that's what I've got. Those are the foods that I eat every single day. We Oh, you know what? I left off green tea. Green tea was on my original list, and I do mm. not drink that every single day anymore. I used to. I think it has a lot of benefits, um, but I just don't do it. I don't know why. I think I, I've sort of tried to cut it back on caffeine. 
right. and become more not wanting caffeine. And I still drink that cup of coffee in the day. I've, I've gone off. It actually was off it all last week. I'm trying to get to the point where I can just be off it or be on it, and I don't care. But my body's not really learning that <laughs> as quickly as I would like it to. So anyway, I, I drink coffee. I don't. I used to add, like even if I had coffee, I would make sure to have a cup of green tea in the afternoon just to have it as part of my thing, my mm-hmm. diet. But I don't know. And I think you could make an argument about whether that's good or not. Yeah. I mean, some would say that, yes, that's great. You're adding in all these good things that green tea has. But you're also adding in caffeine and... I don't know. I think if you're already getting a cup of caffeine in the morning or a cup of coffee with caffeine in the morning, you probably don't need more. You know what I learned the other day is that the stems, if you can get loose tea that where, you, where most of it's the stem and not the leaf, mm-hmm. there's a whole lot less caffeine in it, but it still has a lot of the ah. same properties as the leaf. Right. Does that have any kind of special name? Uh, like dragon tips or something? I have no idea. I bet Maybe. it does. I don't know. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. That would be a, That would be a good thing to get. Mm-hmm. So, so I got anyway. a couple more. Oh, good. What do you got? I have uh, dark chocolate, which you know what? I'm that was on my list too. I just somehow like omitted these things as I was looking at the list. Yeah, go I ahead. Have, I have a explain a, about dark chocolate. What do you got to say there? A bite or two of dark chocolate almost every night mm-hmm. after dinner as my little dessert. And um, our friend Matt Resigno just wrote a whole book on cacao and That's the right. properties of the healing properties of cacao. So, you know, a high 85%, 80%, 85% of cacao, dark chocolate is one of my favorite desserts. I think that's a good thing. And I think if, if you're getting a really high amount like that, then you're getting not very much sugar, right? which is good. Mm-hmm. I have heard that, okay, here we go. Leo from Zen Habits <laughs> uh, told me, so I was in San Francisco for my book tour event last uh, fall. No, two falls ago. Uh, that'll always be last fall to me. Even when I'm 50, I'm going to say that was last fall. <laughs> um, but we, we went to this chocolate place called Dandelion Chocolate in San Francisco. And what he told me was that they do entirely whole bean chocolate. I may have even said this on the podcast before. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like you've told me this before. But right. I don't know where it was. Yeah, I don't either. But in case we haven't said it here. Um, so you can get something that's 85% or 90% cacao. But that doesn't tell you what percentage of the cacao is cocoa butter which is like the fat from the cocoa bean versus whatever else makes up the bean it makes up the cacao whatever the the thing that makes it i don't know gives it structure and it's hard and it's not like cocoa butter but so if you get a whole bean chocolate the whole bean whatever percentage you know that there's some fixed amount of cocoa butter to the rest of the bean right you're getting the whole bean and you're getting nothing else apparently what happens a lot of times is that they can make a 90% cacao bar tastes extra rich and good by instead of using the whole bean, you just just butter. starting with cocoa butter and using a ton of cocoa butter and then very little of the other stuff, hmm. which probably has more of the nutrition in it, I would imagine, just because fats don't generally carry a whole lot of nutrition in them right. as far as micronutrients and you know plant chemicals and things like that. So it's just an interesting thing. I'm not into chocolate enough to have noticed or found out how hard or easy it is to get whole bean cacao in your taco bars but i don't know i found it interesting and it's, it's an important thing to like if, you, if you're going to do this every day as a health health food i think it's important to check that out yeah and see if you can find a good because i don't know you don't you just don't want random added fat in there for no reason right Definitely. but anyway i like chocolate too i think those those high numbers like anything above 80 just taste good and you can kind of get used to used to it that way and, and you come to like i think if you were to go back now and eat regular chocolate it would not taste. It would just taste overly sweet to you. Yeah, like the chocolate that we grew up eating as kids really isn't 
good chocolate. <laughs> I saw somebody good. eating a Hershey bar, like a regular Hershey bar the other day, and I couldn't believe it. I, just for some <laughs> I, reason. I, I, I was like, that. people still eat that. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's funny. That is funny. Food snob. We are, we are food snobs. <laughs> um, and then, so a few others. Ginger is another big one mm-hmm. that... I I like ginger chews when I, on my runs, um, just because it helps with nausea and, and digestive issues. And are they like whole food ish at all? I mean, not the store, but like, are they? They're not just like processed candy. No, no, they're uh, they're I don't know, maybe ninety percent ginger. Or okay, uh, cool. Yeah, you could. At the only place that I'm able to get the ones that I like is at a Whole Foods or a health store, mm-hmm. um, and it's they're chewy. Yeah, they're I don't know they're very good and they're very easy to to carry throw a right. couple in your in your belt or your pack good uh, anti-inflammatory food anti- yep yeah. yep so so they're good for nausea and they're anti-inflammatory mm-hmm. uh, for post-run recovery there you go so that's like good. tart cherries like tart cherries that's right <laughs> yeah, exactly. as, as an ambassador I feel compelled to mention them um <laughs> not I actually really don't but but we do eat that pretty much every day and that that was not something that I was ginger or tart cherries no tart cherries Okay. I was not aware of that at the time I wrote this blog post that I was kind of basing this episode off of. Um, but I did a, a, and it was sponsored, a sponsored post series of three posts for the Cherries Marketing Institute last summer, I think, and had a lot of good posts about, or I, I, I don't know, I think they were good. People commented on them and they were successful posts at least um, about the challenge and, and how Cherries, you know, would they actually help with recovery after runs? And it was hard for me to, I don't know, scientifically, even with an N equals one study on myself, decide if they help me recover better after runs simply because I wasn't like in any kind of serious training routine then so it wasn't easy for me to say like I'm training at my best right now now I'm going to add tart cherries to my diet and see what happens mm-hmm. it was more like I'm not training that hard right now but I'm gonna try to do some speed workouts this week while I eat tart cherries and see if I'm sore so very unscientific way of doing that what I found though was that they were really helpful for reducing inflammation so I've had this shoulder kind of issue for a while that has since gone away totally which is awesome um, that when I, when I did the tart cherries trial, I noticed like the next week that my shoulder had stopped hurting all of a sudden. And it was this thing that felt like I was aggravating it all the time. Just everyday use of my arm would like turning a doorknob, doing different things would hurt my shoulder. And right. finally it stopped. And it was like, it was so frustrating because I couldn't get it to go away because it was, I was using it so much and hurting it so much that I don't know. It seemed like the cherries kind of just jump started that thing, but I have no idea if they actually did. This wasn't scientific at all. But anyway, since then... I've I've included that in my diet most days. We add a little bit of the concentrate to our smoothie, and it's it's been good. We like it. Cool. If, if for nothing other than placebo, just thinking like this is anti-inflammatory, I think that just makes me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, but I should I should say that I am doing an ambassador thing with them this year. From now, I think it runs through like August or something. So there will be six posts on Nomad Athlete. One of them coming this week, and there will even be a podcast episode that is about them. That is like. I guess you could call it sponsored. So we'll see. We'll see how to handle that and make it not seem like just an ad. Because if it was that, then I wouldn't agree to do it, of course. Right. But anyway, I should since I'm mentioning that I do eat tart cherry juice almost every single day now, uh, I should mention that I am now on the ambassador thing, which is a sponsored thing. Cool. There you go. And then my, my final one is uh, something that I have really just started doing regularly after I moved a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Same weekend you did. And that was just because my office is cold and I wanted to drink something warm all day and didn't want to drink coffee uh, after the first cup. So is is just lemon juice and warm water. 
So mm-hmm. I'll just boil some water and then have my kettle and fill it up with a single slice of lemon. And it is tasty. It's good. I thought it would taste like cleaner or something, but it doesn't. It tastes really good. And um, it's you know it's one of those things that I started doing, and now all of a sudden I hear people talking about it all the time. Ah. And you know it's good. It's a good source of, of vitamins, and it's good for your immune system. And apparently it cleanses the liver, which oh, yeah? I could definitely use. So. <laughs> So I don't know. So okay, so it's just it's hot water or warm water. Yep. And you put a lemon slice in your cup. Yep. And then you pour pour the hot water, water over, over that, that and then I'll just I'll have probably three or four cups per lemon slice. Okay. Do you remove the slice or you just drink it with that slice in there? I I leave it in there. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I've never heard of that. Yeah. I've heard of a lot of people talk about using warm water as a substitute for coffee. Like just saying in the morning they just right. switch to warm water. And that always just sounded terrible to me. Like that like wouldn't work but mm-hmm. um i like that i like that lemon idea it's it's great and uh you know apparently it's it's a japanese thing that mm-hmm. um, traditionally they wouldn't even drink cold water at all that it would be warm water with hmm. with lemon slice this is the first thing you did when you woke up or something and right. uh yeah i mean I, I it really does invigorate me in the afternoon and and it's tasty and nice healthy so good i'll yeah. try that sometime you should all right there you go lemon water tip all right. Um, so, do you have any more, or is that, is that, that that's, the end? That's all I got. Do you have any more? Okay. No, I think we've said all the healthy foods there are in the world. We've we've exhausted the list of healthy foods. Um, so you could eat nothing but what we are saying, and and you'll be bulletproof. Bulletproof. <laughs> they should make a whole brand of foods called bulletproof, like bulletproof coffee and bulletproof. <laughs> there should be a podcast called the Bulletproof the, Executive. Yeah, man, we should start. We should that. just do all that. Yeah, I'm sure nobody's done that yet. Oh, I, you know, I will ask. I, you, the one thing you didn't mention that's part of the G bombs is the mushrooms. Do you eat a lot of mushrooms? Yes, we eat mushrooms. It's it's like onions. I mean, we. I think it's when when they come up in a recipe, I am more likely to choose that recipe over another one if I see it, and. I tend to, if they're called for in a recipe, I, I tend to kind of exaggerate them. So, like, if we're if we're having pizza, I'll put tons of mushrooms on the pizza, mm-hmm. even though it probably would be better without that. But we just do it. Uh, good fun fact, considering I just wrote a post about saving money on food, the white button mushrooms, the cheap ones, you know, those bargain bin mushrooms that are cheap, um, they have the same the same nutrient nutrition as the more expensive ones. Huh. They don't have the flavor that, they, that the I mean, usually we get like cremini, these baby Bella ones right. that are, I don't know, maybe they cost about 30 or 40% more than the white button mushrooms, but they're still not nearly as expensive as like shiitake or oyster or all those fancy ones. Right. So usually we do that because they have good flavor to them. But if you're just looking at nutrition, you can you can use those white button mushrooms and save money and just put them in anything. Interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. But that's a good point though. That, that probably is the food that I eat of, of the G-bombs that I eat the least systematically mm-hmm. and then you know beans turn up all the time in my dinners like there's right. not a day goes by almost that i don't eat beans just because it's that's what my dinner is so often based on mm-hmm. um onions start so many dinners so yeah mushrooms is, is definitely the one that is a little bit harder to get there but uh that's a good point i'll have to i'll have to get on that yeah <laughs> i love mushrooms and that was something that was a big part of my diet until uh katie and i started living oh, together she doesn't eat them? and she doesn't like mushrooms at all so we've kind of completely quit cooking with them hmm. and not you know i mean you know i'll get them if i go out or something if they look good but rarely do i do that and i don't know it's just one of those things that i've almost completely eliminated from my diet that used to be a big part of my diet so i now that's a shame now i'm going to now that i know they're a part of the g-bomb 
you need to reclaim that. I need to reclaim the mushrooms. Yeah, you yeah. need to say this is what we're doing in this house. I'm making <laughs> mushrooms, and I don't care. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> you know what? I've I've noticed something similar in my marriage. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, my wife, your wife just delivered you fresh baked <laughs> cookies, literally, right? She did just put cookies here. Yeah. I don't know what these are. I didn't even know. You know what these might be? Rosemary chocolate chip cookies from uh, Isa Does It, which Ooh. is a good book. One wow. smell. Well, smell doesn't. They smell like peanut butter. So I don't know. Okay. I don't usually eat cookies in the middle of the day, but like I said, it is a podcast, and I always try to provide some sort of good food for Doug here. <laughs> this is the first time you've ever provided me. I think she put Brazil nuts in these, too. It looks oh, like. Oh, there you go. <laughs> she didn't do that. We don't do that. Anyway. So I was trying to say that I, your wife, maybe she doesn't like, Katie doesn't like mushrooms. I feel like if there's a food that's really good and that I love, then Aaron doesn't like it. <laughs> and so she doesn't like spicy food. Okay. So I've, I've made so many dinners where she can't eat it because I made it too spicy. That happens all the time. Too much garlic upsets her stomach. She doesn't really like the taste of ginger. Hmm. Um, she doesn't like IPA. She doesn't like hoppy beer. So like any, whenever there's a food that um, that's like my new thing where like all I want is some huge gingery Chinese dish and make it spicy and have a good IPA, like all these good things she doesn't like. So that I, that has been a sacrifice of, and, and kids too, because the kids don't like the same, you know, they don't like spicy stuff, of course. Or happy beers. They don't like happy beers that much. No, Holden is like a big stout guy. That's his, that's his beer <laughs> choice. <laughs> no, that's not true at all. I've never given him beer. He did want to drink beer, but it, all kids have drank beer. Just they steal it, you know. Yeah, kids will be kids, right? Those, kids will those be kids. four-year-olds, they will steal their parents' beer, and then they'll fill the bottle back up with water, yep. so you don't yeah, notice. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they think I don't notice, but I do. <laughs> I did all that when I was four, too. So I've I've been there. Anyway, um, what I was saying was that it's I it's just like I get frustrated about that a lot. Like I don't. It's it's hard <laughs> cooking for people because they don't. I don't know if they don't like the same food you do. It's like. That for me, that when I'm cooking, I'm and I'm really excited about cooking. It's because I'm making some what I think is going to be amazing, good dish, and I don't like when I have to make it not not good. Take out the good stuff, especially when it's healthy stuff, right? So like we know garlic is healthy. We know that that you said mushrooms are healthy, right? We need we need some sort of a revolution or something that we start. <laughs> we reclaim our kitchens and reclaim <laughs> men reclaim their kitchens. Yeah. No, but I'm I'm I maybe, think or maybe we should just start cooking for each other and let the girls cook for themselves or for yeah, each other. Yeah. We should everyone every man for themselves. That's right. Yeah, maybe I move in with you. Yeah, maybe, okay. perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, I should I should actually point out that uh, I'm I'm extremely lucky that Aaron eats the way that I like I went vegetarian and she was like yeah let's do it and then I went vegan and she was like yeah let's do that so vegetarian yeah let's right, do that right exactly yeah, no, like she, we talked about on our experimenting with right so I things. I'm being very very picky about little tiny things that just just for the sake of being funny on this podcast really but uh, <laughs> like you said she just brought she just brought us cookies so she's awesome when it comes to food but uh I'm gonna still start that revolution <laughs> all right so I think that's good this is a good 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 time as any to end before we go down any more bad roads and uh i don't know this is this has been good yeah i think people are absolutely. equipped with uh with some foods and it's uh i think it's time to eat those cookies i do too all right so we're gonna do that we'll go get a brazil nut i'll let you try that too and uh we will we will talk to everyone listening within a week all right all right Take thanks care. for listening bye